Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Our next guest in the breakout room is Fatima Mirza. Her expertise is in career coaching and resumes. She's also the founder and owner of Career Tuners. This is our guest. She says, I have surveyed thousands of recruiters about their hiring preferences and compiled a list of resources that can speed up the job search process. So, let's welcome Innovative Jobs and Careers Specialist, Fatima Mirza, live in the breakout. So we are live in the breakout room and our guest is here and we love that smile on her face. It's warm and welcoming. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So we look forward to having a wonderful show together. Hope that we can provide great and amazing, valuable content for our supporters, our tribe, our listeners. So tell us a bit about your early life. If you can go as far back as five or six years to remember those foundational years that are so important. What was it like for you leading up to the time when you began to realize what your calling was or the thing that you wanted to do most share with us please sure so i actually was born in saudi arabia and uh -huh. my early childhood was characterized by being surrounded by my cousins in fact my first memory is of my third birthday party where me and my cousin had a fight over my birthday present wow so, <laughs> this is a very like rambunctious and active childhood that I had with my cousins and I found myself in America when I was seven and I mm -hmm. had a really wonderful education and schooling here thanks to our amazing public school system um, okay. where I learned how to communicate really well and I learned how to help people sell themselves uh, from a very early age actually I was doing like speech and debate very early on um, and I became really good at it and I started coaching my other teammates on it and just kind of that's where I think that was I think my biggest learning phase 
uh, and then that continued when I was at UCLA. So that's that's basically what my early life was yeah. like. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So when did you realize that you really wanted to become a career coach and help people with their resumes and their careers and so on? When did that moment really dawn on you? Was it a big aha moment or was it just something small that it was very you know. small, yeah. It was ah, like okay. very, very small. Uh, it's just from like helping friends, and then I realized that this is something that a lot of people struggle with. That a lot of people aren't able to kind of distance themselves from the work they do and talk about their experience objectively in a way that really resonates with the person on the other side of the table. Like I had a lot of friends that were like, "No, no, I, I think I, it's good. Like what I'm saying is good." But upon review, I'd be like, "I'm sorry, this is not good." At all. <laughs> So, you know, just being able to help like that, um, I I was like, okay, this is something I'm good at and this is something that people are struggling with. And I think the realization, okay, this is something I want to do for the rest of my life is something that happened like a couple years into the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great, wonderful. Did you yourself have personal challenges in terms of your career? Like when you first started working in... Yeah, tell yeah. us a bit about that. Yeah, I was in the world of environmental engineering, which mm -hmm. I was really interested in because growing up in Saudi Arabia and being ethnically Indian and living in India for a few years as well, I, um, I mean, I, I feel we had a fairly privileged life. Uh, okay. Like we weren't bawling or anything, but like it was, yeah, yeah. we had enough. But there were a lot. There was a lot of poverty around us, and yeah. uh, a lot of people that got really negatively impacted with um, surges and uh, decreases in the water supply. So I was very mm -hmm. interested in like water supply management. And when I started studying and practicing environmental engineering, we were not really doing that. We were kind of more focused on the sewage side. And I was like, mm. I don't want to be working with sewage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You wanted it more cleaner, right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to provide clean water. I didn't want yeah, to clean yeah. up dirty water. All right. I hear you. <laughs> understood, understood. So career tuners, how did that uh, come into being? And how did you arrive at the name? I mean, it, it's very practical based on what you're doing. Tuning right. or helping people to tune their careers. But how did it all start for you? Uh, I think, I don't remember how I came up with the name at the very beginning. Uh -huh. I was calling myself like Fatima and company, but there was yeah. a point in my life where I was like, this is a lot of work and I need help. And I started hiring okay. other certified resume writers and career coaches mm -hmm. to help me. So, mm -hmm. uh, that, that happened very early on because yeah. I mean, I was quite good at what I was doing. So quickly started getting that demand and I had to figure it out quickly. So I'm thankful to say today I have a team of about 30 people under me and they're all amazing mm -hmm. and wonderful professionals. Yeah. Okay, great. So you started in 2010. What were yeah. some of the challenges that you faced when you started the business? I mean, now you have 30 persons. That's excellent. But uh -huh. I'm sure things were a bit different back then. What were some of the challenges you faced in 2010 when you started? Um, I think just, you know, the nature of kind of being like a single business person, yeah. uh, just kind of having to do everything by myself. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as I started figuring out how to find people that were smarter than me and better mm -hmm. than me at whatever I was hiring them to do, things became really smooth and easy. Okay. Okay. 
Great, wonderful. So you said that you have surveyed thousands of recruiters mm -hmm. about their hiring preferences. Mm -hmm. And I suppose you have compiled a, a sort of a database with regard to the methods they would use, what they were looking for, right. the resources that they expect people to come up with in terms of their job search process and stuff. Uh, how was that for you? Was it a, a, a challenging time when you had to gather all this information? Did you do it in interviews? Was uh -huh. it by emails or face-to-face? -face? How did you compile the information? So this is actually something that we do very regularly. It's not like, like a uh -huh. one-and-done thing because these things do evolve with time. Yeah. That's right. Most recently, I wasn't even the one doing the survey. It was my my colleague. Yeah. And she did a survey on applicant tracking system use. Applicant tracking systems are like the platforms that you are uploading your resume to. And these tools mm -hmm. will like parse your resume and mm -hmm. boil it down so that you're easy to compare. Just like with the Google search page, you don't see the entire yeah. website. You see like little snippets, yeah. just right. like that. So my colleague did this really nice survey which i am going to put together a blog about what she found but very specific things were like tripping up applicant tracking systems like putting commas and job titles was messing yeah. up like things like that so she did a very close and very technical survey about yeah. like applicant tracking system use and she kind of experimented with uh different resume like little things like a comma mm -hmm. here different font there blah 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 yeah to kind yeah. of figure out the exact perfect format to, to have your resume in even if you have like all kinds of weird things in your history um yeah. so that was very cool and very exciting but like when i was doing it yeah i was all like via interview i got a lot of conflicting feedback so that was challenging and i got a lot of feedback that was totally self-serving okay like okay. i heard it and i was like okay i know you're just saying that because it's going to make your job easier this is not going to be helpful <laughs> to the candidate at all yeah yeah and that's yeah. i think a challenge that a lot of job seekers experience is they'll get this feedback and they're like okay this is it like i have to follow this forever like this is it and no that's not the case usually like sometimes the advice is just bad sometimes yeah. you get advice that's specifically designed to help you share like vulnerabilities in your application so people have an easier time kind of dissecting you and stacking you up against other people so being okay. able to kind of navigate through that was very um interesting it made me see some people in a new light <laughs> <laughs> all right like, okay, all right you're kind of okay. evil but it's okay yeah 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> so that was fun <laughs> great wonderful thanks for sharing fatima um you have pioneered something called the race model or mm -hmm. in its r-a-c-e mm -hmm. and I, I realize it's a trademark so tell us a bit about that yeah so that entails helping the job seeker like end to end Race, mm -hmm. the first part R, like reinventing, it's all about making sure that the career path you're choosing is a good fit for you uh, mm -hmm. with respect to your work-life balance goals, your salary goals, yeah. you know, everything. Um, it also entails like leadership coaching if you are okay. trying to aim for a new position and you need help talking to your boss, you need help figuring out how to get like the high visibility, sexy projects yeah. that really help make the case for your promotion. Like that entails okay. that. And then there's advanced rebranding, which is like basically mm -hmm. doing your resume, cover letter, interview, all that good stuff. Um, and then there's uh, career mobilization. So we're applying to jobs for you. We're networking for you. We're sending your resume to recruiters. Uh, we're 
We're sending emails to decision makers on your behalf, that kind of thing. And then finally, there's E, earning potential maximization, which basically entails salary negotiation. Yeah. Okay, great. Sounds interesting. So yeah. we are we are basically coming out of what we we may describe as post-COVID era. Yeah. But yeah. there are still some people who are really facing challenges. Most of them are anxiety with regards to their jobs, their careers, uh, if they're looking for promotion or seeking a raise, how to do it. So I guess the question I really need to ask is, how do you overcome the anxiety? First of all, let's begin with the, the early part. You're going for an interview for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a really challenging era now that we are in because mm-hmm. there may be 50 other persons doing that same interview for that same position. Mm-hmm. How do you walk in there with a certain level of confidence and, and, and really overcome that level of anxiety that surrounds that kind of scenario? Okay, so there's three things that you should be doing. First of all, you should never just be going into like your first interview ever in like eight years or whatever. Like that's a recipe for disaster. You will get nervous no matter how talented you are. So I would say just keep interviewing even if you're not looking. And Mm -hmm. if you are going to start looking, interview for positions you do not care about. Like you would not accept that position. But what that's going to do is it's going to help you just get in the flow of, okay, this is what people are asking. This is what they're looking for. And this is just kind of reacclimatizing yourself to that pressure, right? The second thing you can do is like prepare in a way that makes you feel confident, you know, studying their website, understanding who the interviewer is, what their background is, making guesses about what their personal values might be, kind of speaking to that a little bit, you know, just kind of building up your likability factor in that way. Yeah, yeah. And then the yeah. third thing you can do is make sure that you're actually applying with a resume that shows that the ROI for hiring you is mm-hmm. good. Because if you come in with a resume that just says, hey, I can do the job, then the interview is going to be kind of like a more defensive discussion of like, tell me about a time when you did this. How did yeah. it go? Yeah. Tell me about something yeah. that failed. Why do you have this gap in your resume? Why is your mm-hmm. education like this? And, you know, it's going to be a very defensive discussion. As opposed to if you have a resume that kind of answers all of these questions preemptively right. and yeah. shows yeah. like, hey, I really bring ROI, like I really bring a lot of successes wherever I go, then you have a discussion that's more like, hey, we are having this problem and can you outline some of the steps you take to fix it? So it's like more collaborative yeah. and it gives you a chance to show off. So those are the okay. things I would do to manage interview anxiety. Yeah. Um, would you say that problem-solving skills and Mm -hmm. critical thinking are two very important factors that would help someone now uh, in the job market or even if they're looking to switch careers, for example, that these skills are vital and and very important in terms of what people are looking for in new employees? I think it depends on the job what you're saying uh-huh. i think makes sense for like entry level or like junior management oh, positions okay okay yeah definitely all right so let's say someone is looking to switch careers mm-hmm. um i've been an accountant for 20 years and i'm just using this as an example mm-hmm. and after 20 years i don't feel fulfilled anymore um what i'm doing the demand has seemed to you know dried up or there's so many alternatives in the market that 
my clientele uh, has suddenly dropped down to a level where right. it's no longer sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I need to make a switch in careers. And I've decided, you know what? I'm going to go full-time into online marketing. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that I need to take into consideration? Uh, maybe the advantages or disadvantages or overall the challenges that I would face uh, in making this switch? Well, I think the fact that you have a successful podcast should be like kind of the primary focus of the story you're telling. Like your accounting experience is really great. And I think it can help illustrate your ability to, you know, like lead teams if you're kind of a senior accountant or, uh -huh. um, you know, problem solve. But I would keep the accounting experience very minimal, like mm -hmm. max couple lines and kind yeah. of use other other experiences to really tell your story um mm -hmm. and if this is something you're like you know i don't have any experience in this i have to start from scratch i would start yeah. with uh building up your portfolio with some courses you know very bare minimum like udemy free courses that kind of thing trying to build up your experience with um freelance work because as as good as like education is there's nothing that can really replace like tangible real life accomplishments so yeah, yeah trying to add to that in your in in your story can really help um and then yeah just just uh uh networking with people in a way that really shows that like look i know i have a background in accounting but i am a marketer i have been doing marketing <laughs> for my podcast yeah, yeah what i've been working up to for yeah. my entire professional career yeah okay all right great so do you have a fee, specific fees that you have for the work that you do in assisting people with their resumes and career choices and so on? Is there a fee structure that you have for the business? I do, yeah. So it depends on the package that you're trying to purchase. If you uh -huh. go to careertuners.com slash services, there's a couple different bundles that you can choose from. And right. you can basically add what you want, take away what you don't want, and build a package that suits your needs. So it's all very transparent, it's all at careertuners.com slash services. Okay, great. So let's say, and I'm looking at the information here that you have supplied. How do someone stay healthy mm -hmm. working from home as opposed to in the office all the time? And is this a situation where you can... Um, resort to a hybrid kind of scenario? Uh, I think working from home is challenging for people because there's not like a specific end to your day. Like mm, you, you yeah. always have your laptop accessible. So you kind of have to manufacture that. So okay. if there's like, for my, my little brother, like he's only 26, uh -huh. but he... He's such an old man salt. What he does is like every day at seven, he watches uh -huh. Jeopardy with a plate okay. of dinner. So that's like right. a, that's it. You know, like after that, there's like nothing. So it could be a TV show that you're watching. Mm. Maybe you go to gym at a very specific time. Maybe you signed up for like an art class. Maybe you're picking right. your child up from school and you're like, yeah. we're going to the park every day. So there has to be some kind of artificial like thing baked into your schedule and I think that makes you a lot more productive too because when you're like oh yeah I guess I have like four more hours in my waking day you are going to take all those four hours to work and then you know versus you probably could have finished that task in 30 minutes if you really worked with okay. focus and you know kind of put together like the bare minimum viable thing that would still mm -hmm. work as opposed yeah. to 
having this long drawn out perfectionist approach. So that's what I would do. I think that makes you a lot more productive. It makes you a lot healthier. And you, you know, it's just a much more fulfilling way to work if you're working from home. Ah, great. Thanks for sharing, Fatima. Um, let's just imagine, and I'm, this is basically a hypothetical situation. Mm -hmm. If you are in a situation where you want to create the opportunity for yourself to be much more marketable, mm -hmm. probably seeking uh, a promotion mm -hmm. or maybe a raise and a promotion together. Mm -hmm. And let's say you're involved in public relations, mm -hmm. as an example. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you can do to enhance uh, that outlook when someone is sitting with you? Maybe it's the board or um, the manager of the, the department, but you want to make it, you know, really hard for them to say no. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we'll think about it. So you want to be able to put some things on the table that would show you as the ideal candidate for that promotion or for that uh, increase in salary? What are some of the things that you can do to increase that level of marketability and to ensure that at least, you know, 80% or more, you're going to get what you're asking for? Mm -hmm. There's three things that I would, I would say that you can do. First yeah. and foremost, you want to make sure your boss doesn't hate you, right? That's the first <laughs> step because if they have wow, that wow. happens, right? There's a lot of, All right. yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah, of, a yeah. lot of bad bosses out there that feel threatened. Yeah. So you have to figure out like how to not have your boss hate you. And if they see you as an underperformer, the best way to make sure that you're seen as someone who's not an underperformer is to be very specific about your performance objectives right. and not just, you know, because some bad bosses, like I'm not saying that they do this intentionally or whatever they might be, but like some bad bosses will just be like, yeah, you know, just, yeah, achieve more, more eyeballs on our, on our pages and, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about a raise. And it's like not yeah. anything there's not a specific number. There's no timeline. There's no like action items. Like it's, it's just very vague. So getting them to be very specific, ideally setting like a smart goal where it's like, okay, these are the performance objectives I have to hit in order to be seen as like a good performer. That's bare minimum, right? You're not okay. going to get a raise or a promotion if you're not even performing well. So that's yeah. step one. Mm -hmm. uh, the most dramatic thing you can do uh, is getting a counter off, getting an offer from somewhere else, right? So interviewing around, finding a company that's paying like, you know, higher than what you're currently making and then approaching your boss and saying like, look, I really love the culture here and I love the work we're doing. I'd really love to continue, but I'm getting offers for like X amount. And to remind you, my salary is Y amount. And is there any way we can, we can kind of match these a little bit closer because I've yeah. given my recent accomplishments and what I've, and, and, and the growth that I'm hoping to achieve, I believe that this makes sense. But this is this is a move, like, if if you are going to try this, you also have to be prepared to take that other offer. Mm -hmm. So use it as yeah. leverage, yeah. but then be prepared to also accept that offer if it doesn't work out. Um, okay. The third thing you can do is making sure that you have really good high visibility projects in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. So you have to negotiate for those. You have to ask your boss to help, you know, to, to be the lead on those projects. You have to be coming into work with ideas for projects. So like if you're in PR, um, doing competitive research on what other organizations, not just in your space are doing, but also in uh, 
similar spaces, maybe yeah. like not exactly competitive, but they're, you know, assign, signing up for their emails, figuring out like what they're doing, uh, being always kind of in the know, networking with other PR professionals to see like what they're working on, how they're executing their ideas, coming into work with those ideas, asking for the resources to be able to pursue those ideas. That's going to help you get lots of really cool and fun projects to showcase on your profile to show yeah. that you are ready for that promotion and raise. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing. So I just want to show you uh, a video and mm -hmm. just get your comments. Okay, so... Rather than telling me that you're good at teamwork, tell me that you led a team of five. Rather than telling me you're a good communicator, tell me that you led a presentation that convinced 20 people to do something. Show me, don't tell me. Right. <laughs> tell us a bit about that. Exactly what you're, you're saying. What is the real core of the message you want people to get? I just don't like adjectives. I know it's like a very bold thing to say, but like I think adjectives in a resume are not really purposeful. Like a lot of people oh. are like, I am so dedicated and I am mm -hmm. so mission oriented. Like that doesn't really say anything. And it's literally okay. language that everybody else is using. So you have right. to show that rather than tell it. The only adjectives I like in resumes are negative adjectives. Like, okay took over an underperforming campaign or um, revamped a slow process. Like these are negative adjectives that you're showing that you fixed, right? So uh, I would recommend taking a look at all the positive adjectives on your resume, whether you're saying I created a stellar presentation or I am a remarkable professional or whatever, yeah, figure out yeah. how to prove that. So like for a stellar presentation, you can say presentation that was viewed by uh, five executive board members and helped to galvanize decision-making. Uh, to describe yourself, you can say something like, you know, leader who has championed uh, seven-digit budgets to mm -hmm. secure, you know, double-digit percentage growth. Like, you know, just yeah. kind of prove that. And if you don't have numbers, you can basically talk about, like, the overarching problem that you solve. So take a look at some of those negative adjectives, right? Like what are some mm -hmm. of the negative things you've improved? What are some of the opportunities that you've capitalized on? Use that to kind of brand yourself rather than saying like, you're a charismatic leader because everyone <laughs> says that. And like, frankly, yeah, no yeah, one yeah. Does, you know? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I get that, Fatima. I understand. So mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, there, there are certain institutions, colleges, universities, mm -hmm. universities, and so on. They would have something that is called uh, like a carrot day, mm -hmm. where if, if persons are going to graduate, uh, let's say at the ending of the next semester, they would have folks come in uh, from different industries, different areas, mm -hmm. I guess, align with the, the studies that they've been doing. So they can look at the opportunities in terms of the career that they would want to pursue after graduating. Mm -hmm. uh, are you are you involved or is your company involved in any way, form or fashion in terms of that? Uh, let's say maybe in the schools and the area that operate, are you involved in any of those kind of uh, scenarios? So usually we are serving professionals that are a little bit more experienced than just college yeah. students. So oh, that wouldn't okay. be like our market. However, uh -huh. I am in the process of starting a nonprofit that's going to help uh, underprivileged students in third world countries utilize 
AI in order to tell their stories a little bit better. So basically what I'm trying to do is take our services and make them more accessible for students in third world countries. Um, so that's something hopefully, I'm just talking to a couple of people now and hopefully there'll be some interesting things there that we, we will be, we'll be working on. Okay, I'm going to give you a chair for that and hats off. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful, wonderful way of giving back. So in terms of the, the future, what does the future look like for career tuners? Are there any projects in the making in terms of um, maybe expansion or new ways of doing business? I, I heard you mention AI. Any further yeah. inclusion of AI as, as a technology that would even bring a more a more greater aspect of your service to the public, the professionals that yeah. you want to serve and so on. Yeah. Definitely. So we're currently exploring using AI to help people make decisions as to which career path would be best for them. Yeah. Um, so we're test so the thing with, with like chat GPT, like all of our experiments have um, centered around chat GPT is that the information that it uses is sometimes outdated and the yeah. output that it can give you can sometimes be damaging like it can potentially okay. give you really bad and incorrect advice so what we're trying to do is trying to break chat gpt as much as possible find like all the points of errors that it's making and use that to help guide people to using it correctly so we've done that for like you know how to use chat gpt to write your resume cover letter linkedin how to use chat gpt to interview uh to do interview prep now mm -hmm. it's how to use ChatGPT to pick a career that works for you. And I feel like this is a little bit more ambitious, like we're playing with it. And um, right now the advice it's giving is like very rudimentary and we're trying to get it to give very nuanced advice. And like, for example, I was, I was trying to get it to tell me that I should be um, an organizational psychologist. Like I was hinting mm -hmm. like, okay, this is what I'm good at. And then it kept telling me to go do an MBA. And if okay. I was a young professional, that would make sense. But it's not the right answer because it's so expensive and it's so, yeah. um, it can yeah, be very prohibitive. Yeah. It can, it's very like generic. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's just like, okay, like this is what like any random adult in my life would have told me if yeah, I was a college yeah. student, as opposed to, you know, saying something very like organizational psychologist, like so specific, like we're trying to get it to give that level of career advice, which mm -hmm. is something we as people can do very easily. So we're just trying to figure out like, how can we have it do that? You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, so, it's very exciting. Yeah. Make our services yeah. a lot more accessible, I think. Okay, great. So let's say people are, you know, looking forward to, to meeting with you and to have certain discussions about their careers and their resumes. Mm -hmm. How important would you consider leadership skills in that aspect in terms of helping them to be um, much more effective in putting together their, their resumes and even improving on, on their current career positions? leadership skills i think that word is very broad like leadership uh -huh. can range anywhere from you know being like hands-on coaching somebody all the way to setting the vision of an entire organization so it really depends mm -hmm. it really depends okay. on the type of role you're interested in uh if you talk about the wrong thing if you focus about the wrong kind of leadership on your resume it's going to backfire like if you're okay. talking about hands-on leadership 
and closely managing your team and all of that, and you're applying for director level positions, senior management positions, you're going to be not taken as seriously as if you would focus on big picture thinking, strategic leadership, capitalizing on opportunities, galvanizing change that leads to cutting edge um, innovations for your entire mm-hmm. industry. You know what I mean? So like the, that's different kinds of leadership and you have to figure out which one makes the most sense for your story and given what mm-hmm. you're interested in. Uh, and this is a big mistake that a lot of managers make. So Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to share another video with you. Sure. And this is a little longer and yes, we're going to The resumes that get the most interviews have three design things in common. First, they're very consistent. Their font, their white space, the subheadings, everything has a logical flow. Second, all of the results and most important keywords are aligned along the left margin because when people are reading your resume, they're skimming along your job titles and that's where their eye tends to focus most on. Lastly, the best resumes have the most important stuff at the top. Like if your education isn't that relevant anymore to your hiring manager, that should go at the bottom. If your professional experience or projects are more important, that should go at the top. <laughs> I love it. So just give us a little more details on what you're actually trying to say to persons uh, in that video. I think the problem that a lot of younger professionals have is they're given like this cookie cutter resume template yeah, by their career yeah. center, which is uh-huh. very ineffective if you are a non-traditional student, if you don't have the luxury of doing lots of free internships because you're paying your way through school, or if you changed majors in the middle of your career. If you talk about your experience in that cookie cutter resume template, you are going to undermine yourself when compared to some of the more privileged students in your class that have the luxury of having their parents' connections set up like really prestigious internships um, that yeah. haven't changed majors, that aren't paying their way through school by being a cashier or a barista at Starbucks, right? So how you talk about your experience, it really has to make sense to the reader. It cannot say, oh, this person is from the service industry and as a result, they will not be a good fit for our accounting role. You know, like you really have to make sure that visually you are talking about your experience in a way that's not raising red flags. So that's basically what I'm trying to say in that that video. (laughs) All right. Thanks for sharing, Fatima. We understand. I appreciate that. Um, In terms of you uh, and and your personal achievements your accomplishments your growths um are you satisfied with how far you are now uh when you look back over the years that you have been personally involved uh let's say particularly in career tuners or you Mm -hmm. think that maybe the possibility exists that you could have accomplished more Absolutely. I I think I definitely could have accomplished more if, you know, I promoted some of my star teammates sooner, if I provided them training. Yeah. So I think all of us who are, who have a few years of experience, look back at our history and are like, okay, we could have done X, Y, and Z. (laughs) But it's fine. I mean, Uh I have, I have more, more time to continue doing this. It's not like I'm dying. (laughs) Of course not. Of course not. You'll survive. You'll survive. Yeah, I'll survive. It's fine. Yeah, great. Um, in terms of mentorship, mm-hmm. how important is mentorship for someone uh, making career choices or even switching careers along the way? 
how important a role could mentorship play in in someone's life i would say do not make a career decision without it like find ah. people on linkedin maybe from the like alma mater that you that you yeah, graduated yeah. from and yeah uh find out like what what they did with with the same major what their career mm-hmm. path has been ask them for advice ask them what they hate about their jobs that's yeah. really important that's something a lot of people overlook um and and make sure that you're getting all the complete picture before you make any right. decisions yeah great an informed decision is always one that's better made yeah, yeah. i get it i get it um are there any other persons or companies that are in direct competition with you in terms of providing this kind of services? Yeah, yeah. There, there are a lot of resume writers out there. Um, there's a lot of leadership coaches out there too. Yeah. A lot of them that I, a lot of competitors that I respect. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and how what you're doing at Courage is different from uh, these other people in the same field? As of now, I haven't really seen anyone doing like um, the complete breadth of the service that we provide. Okay. Being okay. able to work with one service provider that can help you decide on a career path all the way to coaching you on how to negotiate for more is, mm-hmm. is instrumental. And even if you're not engaging in the full breadth of our services, getting a resume written by somebody who knows how to coach people for interviews and how to negotiate for more is critical because you're going to get a resume that doesn't just help you get the interview, but also makes that ROI, as I was saying earlier. A good resume can help you double your offer. In fact, yeah. I just put together um, a salary doubling resume cheat sheet that you can grab on my website, which shows mm-hmm. like how a mediocre resume can get you a low offer, but uh, how a well-done resume can help you actually increase the offer tremendously. And I dissected this case where a candidate did exactly that. They doubled the initial offer. Okay. Yeah, great. Um, have you considered a memoir or possibly a book based on what career tuners is doing or uh, you don't want to put all that vital, important information? No, no, no. I, no we are working on a book right now. Uh, we are working on a couple of books, but a memoir, uh-huh. I think I'll do when I'm like in my 70s. I feel Whoa. Like. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I don't fair. trust I don't trust young authors that write memoirs uh-huh. because I'm like, Whoa. What are you talking about? Like, why are okay. you writing about your okay. life? <laughs> you have nothing 20. to write about yet. <laughs> yeah. Like I read, I read a memoir recently. Like, um, it was called "Educated" by Tara Westover, and I liked it a lot because it was a okay. very unique story. But I was like, imagine if she wrote this when she was seventy. Like, the mm. perspective would be so much more nuanced. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's it's very odd reading a memoir from someone who isn't even forty yet. You know what I mean? All right. This is my personal bias. Nothing yeah, against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I appreciate that, Fatima. Thanks for sharing with us. So I'm just going to do a bit of a house cleaning. Just one advertisement we're going to share with our audience. And I will be back with you shortly. Our next guest in the breakout room is Fatima Mirza. Andy's personal development. You get the added advantage of 23 years of business experience. Our core competencies include life and personal development coaching, either individually 
or for your team. With me at the helm, you get someone that is internationally accredited, as well as internationally recognized and awarded. So whether it's a conference, seminar, workshop, or a retreat, we will write your speech and execute it with precision and value to influence your audience and deliver your core message. We specialize in leadership, communication, and teamwork. In the end, everyone is happy. So, call us today at 868-290-2395 or send us an email at lovebitsa at gmail.com or visit our website at www.andyspersonaldevelopment.com We thank you in advance for making contact with us as we seek to become your partner in health, happiness, and prosperity. See you soon. Bye for now. Yeah, great, wonderful. So as we continue, we are coming to the end of our episode, and we are just about three minutes away. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you the opportunity now to share your information. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to show something here that I saw 